Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Are we recording? Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. It is free agency frenzy season and boy, are we in full swing. The draft just passed. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the draft preview and the draft storylines preview. That uh, that episode was awesome. As always, joined by Josh and Jason today. Oh, yeah. We got the we got the band back together. We got yeah. three going today. Three today instead of two. Oh, yeah. Even though he's gone mannequin over there on us. <laughs> just a lot to talk about. My brain is spinning. I know. When you, you look at it, like, yeah. Big free agency episode today. I mean, I've been absolutely grinding the spreadsheets trying to put together who who do the Leafs need to pick up. Um, But the number one thing that they need to pick up is a goalie, right? So we're going to get into a few different free agencies, options, underrated options. Some of the, talk about some of the best players that are available, which one of them is off the board, I think, today, Philip Forsberg. Mm -hmm. So... One last guy. He he had some. He's fantastic though. But one thing I want to get into first: the Toronto Maple Leafs did make a trade at the draft, uh, take, sending the 25th overall pick and Peter Mrazek to the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for the 38th overall pick. What did you guys think about this one? I mean, we we tried to come up with some, some analogies for it on draft day. One of them was setting your house on fire, like hosing it down, making sure that it's not like, setting your house on fire, hosing it down and say, Hey, what a good job we did in making sure that fire didn't spread. Right. <clears throat> and that was, that was like our best analogy we can come up with comparing the situation of Peter Morazic to yeah, with the Leafs. And it's like, everyone's loving this trade, which it, it's like, of course. Yeah. It's a great trade. You have a contract you don't want, right? It's that it's $3.8 million. That's it's a lot for the next two years. You're for a guy who's probably not going to play at all for you. And when he did play for you last year, he was terrible. Um, but as good as a trade as it was, we signed a deal less than t- less than 12 months ago. Less like literally within the calendar year, not the calendar. So year, say a different GM had signed Peter Mraz. Then this though, is then you think that was a good deal. Of, of course, because you're inheriting a mess, right? Right. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't blame a. Like you can't blame the Florida GM right now for the Varlamov contract, right? Obviously, extreme, extreme for the example. Bobrovsky Sorry, contract. Bobrovsky contract. Extreme example, but so you think three? So I, I just want to make it clear, though. So in terms of those thirteen spots, because I've heard a lot of people say a lot of different things. Oh, it doesn't matter. Their guy wasn't there. Uh, oh, it doesn't matter. It's just thirteen. This is a weak draft class. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Those thirteen spots fully do matter. They are worth something. They are worth actually a lot. 
I dug into a lot of different draft classes. No team has moved down 13 spots out of the first round. You know what the, the second highest was to that? It was the Leafs. 10 spots in 2015 from 24 to 34 in two separate trades. Do you want to know what happened in those trades? Well, in 24 to 34, they got they got another second round pick to move down that far. They to move down from 24 to 34, they got the 61st pick and the 68th pick. So almost a, sec- a second and a third. A low separate. second and a high third. Which would be exactly what Edmonton traded to move Zach Cassian's contract. Yep. But so, the Leafs didn't move 10 spots. They moved 13. Yeah. That's worth a good amount. It's worth at least a second round pick is what at least a second, at least least a third, because it costs a third to move anywhere in the first round. And then more on top of that, what a fourth or a fifth on top of that, or possibly even just a better position in the second round, better position in the third round. Yeah. So you gave up like some, I know. Oh, okay. We didn't actually give up a second, third, whatever, but you gave up that value for sure. To it's move not, Peter Mrazek. It's not hard to see the equivalency there, the, the exactly. point you're making. I completely agree. Like, that was not a – that that point is not going over people's head, I hope. Like, that – just because they moved down, which is good. It, like, people are, like, on one end of the of the field here are saying, oh, people are saying the Leafs traded at first. No, they didn't. All they moved down is 13 spots. But as you said, you've done some good research here to prove a lot of people wrong saying that, hey, those 13 spots are important. Mm-hmm. Especially in this draft, because I know we weren't that plugged in on this draft, but a lot of people said, oh, they'll move down 13 spots and get the guy they wanted. For me, if they took Fraser Minton in the first round, they probably would have been laughed at, to be honest. Because like from 25 on, some of the guys that got picked, Philip Misar, Yuri Kulik, Brad Lambert, Isaac Howard, Jagger Furcus, these were all guys who were like, I would say at at least a tier above what Fraser Minton was. Some people had these guys rated in the teens. Yeah, teens, early twenties, like. And now you've passed up on them. Brad Lambert specifically, like, he was rated. Depends where you you had him because he's a bit of a polarizing prospect. But Mm -hmm. not that I'm surprised that they traded. I thought they were going to trade down anyways, but they definitely, I think lower their chance of getting an NHL player by trading yeah. down 13 spots. And I've been tracking this trade that they where they moved down 10 spots. That 2015 trade, I've been tracking, oh, like, did the Leafs win that trade? In that trade, so Philadelphia picked 24th. They got Travis Konechny. Pretty damn good player that the Leafs want right now, probably. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, 29, which was the second trade, the the Columbus Blue Jackets got Gabriel Carlson, who has played NHL games. He, he played 38 this past year. He's not the greatest hockey player, but still an NHL player. Who did the Leafs get with all their abundance of picks? You, are you, you may ask. Travis Dermott, number one, which, all right, not bad. Like, is an NHL player, right? Number two at 61st was Jeremy Bracco, which we talked about last episode, unfortunately. Uh, number 68 was then Martin Zerichels, who's not coming back anytime soon. Like, not bad drafting. You picked an a NHL defenseman in the second round, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. good. You picked a, a forward with that had a lot of skill and maybe different breaks would be in the NHL right now. But if he was traded after his second season. He might be in the league. But as you said, compared to 10 picks higher, and just not, it's not just connected. Look around in that area. There's a lot of NHL players that got picked in that area. 
Christian Fisher went 32. Nick Merkley went 30, which... Jack Roslovich went 25. Sebastian Hall went 35. Anthony Beauvillier went 28. Like... Oh, Jack Roslovich. Yeah. Okay, that... There's... Pro- like, there's guys here. I'm just looking down the mm-hmm. list, right? But... I mean, I, at the end of the day, I thought I thought it was a, in a vacuum where, like, nothing else. You pretend like they didn't sign him, like, 11 mm-hmm. months ago. You pretend like they didn't have, essentially have to move a second to move. That was a good trade. I, a lot of the sentiment around the league from what I've just picked up was that, like, Chicago kind of bailed them out. Because I don't think anyone else was going to budge on anything other than a first-round pick to the Leafs. And yeah. I, think, I think Chicago bailed them out. But the funny thing to think about is why did Chicago do that? Is it because they think Mrazek is that bad that they'll – get Connor Bedard maybe I mean bad enough bad equally bad to contract that gets them to the cap floor assuming they trade Kane and Taves they're gonna have basically no money on their team pretty well yeah plus the five million dollar Duncan Keith recapture and then there you go you have the worst team ever and you're at the cap floor they have to pay that recap yeah wow oof that's a tough one well it doesn't matter for them this year but that is a tough one but yeah, even like in that spreadsheet I had filled with the draft prospects, like over the years, when you look at like average NHL games played and like the points total from the prospects picked at those spots, like you notice it going down pick by pick, what a difference each spot makes, right? So that's where I, I guess, I mean, if the sentiment around the league was it's going to take a first to move Mrazic, then sure, like then the least kind of won that trade but as jason said earlier like you shot yourself in the foot and then you bragged about what a great job you did bandaging it up but it's like all right plaxico burris like (laughs) get a holster it's it's the toughest part is that like obviously we're being hinds like this is hindsight right now now we know that peter mazik isn't good now that we know it was a huge mistake but like we all, I would say injury prone. I'm injury gonna, injury I'm prone. Back yeah. up my take Fair. the summer. Yeah, he's I kind of want to get into prone. that Mrazic combo when you're done your point. What? Though. Just about how, like the perception and stuff. Yeah, no, but uh, all I was trying to say is that we spent like the majority of the money we spent in free agency was wait was like incredibly wasted. Like we spent, I think this past summer, I think oh, yeah. uh, the majority of ten, the money. Yeah, it was like less than ten money, yes, less than ten million dollars in in free agency last year. I think that's a fair amount. I, I'm they just going signed, off the top of my head. So off the top of my head, it was, yeah. It was Cash, uh, Richie, yeah. Bunting, Kampf, Mrazic. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we get a free agent defenseman? I can't remember. I don't think so. So I think that's that's about and then, it. like Dahlstrom, Biagio, Dahl, 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 Those guys. Whatever. Let, let's just keep it with like regular NHL contributors yeah. that we expected them to be, like to be. And like we spent what, five Six six million of that almost ten million is was basically wasted, and we had to use picks to get rid of it. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So if you think about a team this close, uh, you had Jack Campbell making one point five, you had Morgan Riley making four million, you had Ilya McKay making one point five million, you brought in Bunting for what under a million, which is fantastic. David Camp for those were all great. They had a really well set up cap situation. Really, lot we talked about it. Like people were saying, at least had. Cap pitchers, they were set good. Mm-hmm. They spent six point three million dollars of their cap last year in free agency mm-hmm. on Peter Mrazek and Nick Ritchie. Plus term to you. That's Those a guys term. Massive blunder. And that's yeah. hindsight. I'm sorry, that is hindsight. Yeah, for I, sure. Mm-hmm. But you need to be judged in hindsight sometimes. And also, like we when we signed Mrazek, this was our sentiment. I remember it very vividly. 
the contract slots in with the other goalie contracts. So it's not a necessarily when signed, it wasn't an egregious contract, but we all agreed. We wanted Jack Campbell to be the starter mm-hmm. and sign a $1 million backup. Yeah. We wanted Braden Holtby. We wanted, and like, uh, who knows? That could have turned out way worse because right. now he's, he might not even play next year. We right? wanted that and Brandon Saad yeah. or that and maybe not Wenberg, but a player of that similar elk mm-hmm. or Schwartz, something like that. Again, this is hindsight, but that was probably the move last year yeah. because they got terrible goaltending anyways. They wasted that cap number on Mrazek and Richie, and then they had to trade both of them and give up picks. Like. And you just watched a team win the, the Stanley Cup with subpar goaltending in the playoffs. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's not that that's a trend, but like you said, like maybe it can be done. Exactly. It looks like they're trying to do it again. I mean. Yeah. But am I wrong? And that, that was essentially our sentiment. It was. Right? I, I agree. I was in, in the boat for sure of, hey, like we do need to get in these elite wingers. I mean, I did say Thomas Tatar, and he had a terrible season, but he was on a terrible, terrible team, team. So. There's that uh, to back me up. But I would there. rather have the but, dart at $5 million at a guy like Tatar who might end up getting 60 yeah. points and score 5, 10 goals in the playoffs. So. so, yeah. So, with Nick Ritchie, I mean, like, you look at it. This guy in, with Toronto, 33 games played, two goals, seven assists, nine points total. Was terrible. And you can say that because he was tried with Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews. That's the golden ticket. And he couldn't get it done. He was tried on the second line, I believe. He was tried on the third line. He was tried on the fourth line. And it just did not look good on any lines. But then he goes to Arizona. He had 10 goals in 24 games. He shot 25%. Though. Yeah. A career, a career 9.9 shooter shooting 25%. I know. But it, it's just crazy to see. Like, what the, like, where the hell... Like, what the hell is going on here? This guy had two goals in 33 games. And then with Peter Mrazek, like, just think about the entire season. Wasn't he? I don't think he played an exhibition game. No. I don't believe he did. So you have no training camp. You come into your first game. You get injured there. You're out a month. You come back. You play one game. You get injured there. And then you're thrusted back in. And it's like, okay, like you've played two games, no training camp, and what, we were in like January, December or something like that? That's a tough, tough situation to go into. And then he got injured again. Like the groins were just donezo down there. So that's where I I will back up Peter Mrazek and say, okay, is he an 880 goaltender? No. I don't think so, no. But... Just it it is concern and would I have him back? No, because a thirty year old with three or four groin injuries in one year, oh oh god, no thanks. I'm not rolling the dice on that, especially for three point eight million. So that's where I can see. Okay, sh- did Chicago bail out the Leafs? Kind of looks like it. Maybe Kyle Davidson was trying to get back into Kyle Dubas's good books after that uh leak. Well, they just made some really weird i, I that think, was a weird day well i think the biggest thing for there's a little tangent but i think the biggest thing for chicago is this new management it seemed like they just wanted to get first round picks and didn't care how they got them they just wanted to be picking in the first round and like the optics for the city of chicago i think that was their like it was kind of goal funny, though, because it, they were at like, the draft how many times like when they were describing the prospect because we didn't study the draft this year they were mm-hmm. describing the prospect and it just sounded like Okay, this kind of sounds like Frederick Gautier 2.0. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently they they just wanted Kevin Korczynski, the guy they took seventh overall. That's the guy they wanted. They wanted to trade into the first round to pick him. So, like, you know, good for you. Way to trade back in and get him. But mm. 
he's not like a premium prospect. <laughs> no. no offense to Kevin Korczynski. I think he was rated around 10 to 15, 10 to 20 on most scouting services. Like, and again, if that's your guy, you're going to plant your flag on him. That's good. They took Frank Nazar, good little player. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, who knows? They but did. they also traded a guy they took in the top 10 three years ago. Yes. Or top five three years ago. Number three. Number three. And Kirby Doc. Who kind of looked promising to start in like the COVID development curve changes mm-hmm. things. Broke his and, wrist. And bigger centers seem to, you know, take a little longer. Look at Tage Thompson. Look at Sean Couturier. Look at there's a lot of players like that. So that was a weird trade to me. But again, maybe maybe they did bail the Leafs out. But also they're not qualifying Dylan Strom. They're not qualifying Dominic Kubelik. I have no idea who's going to play on that team. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at their roster. Open trial. But it makes wow. sense why they would be okay absorbing a $3.8 million yeah, of course. not good goalie. Like It actually they makes need perfect to get sense. To the floor. Exactly. I have an absurd take. You guys want to hear it? Yeah, these Peter, are usually fine. Peter Mrazek, okay, will, before his contract finishes, will be dealt from Chicago for an asset. Chicago get an asset. Whether that be because he plays somehow plays well. And but do it, they retain salary? Maybe. I, I bet the Leafs could have got an asset if they retained half of Mrazek's salary. Maybe. If you traded Mrazek at one. But then you need that cap space. For sure. I'm yeah, just saying. No, no, yeah. That changes the equation. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But, but also with Peter Mrazek, like, in order for him to do that, like, how many goalies that are on absolutely atrocious teams put up good numbers and good enough numbers to be traded for an asset? We've seen some before. There's like been who? some Arizona goalies. There's been some they, Buffalo. Who? Well, Kemper. Uh, yeah, but he had good numbers. He, he was just a fantastic, and they had a better team. Didn't the Leafs give a third for David Riddick? David, but Chicago, that was COVID. Cal- Calgary was an okay they team. They were terrible. So you're saying a goalie from a bad team? Yeah, um, I, 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 there was some. Like, was anyone trading an asset for Sam Montembeau? No, this past year, someone, tr- someone did trade for a goalie this year. I can't remember who. Was uh, it the Wedgwood? Stars did. Wedgwood, yes. The yeah, Dallas Stars, and they just resigned him too. Yeah, I think I think you could get something for him. Yeah, whether whether it be like because he's playing well, or he just gets injured and is an LTIR piece. If the groins hold up, I can fully see that. But yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, I mean, the, with the way this team works, this guy is going to like be pushing for. Oh the yeah, now. he's uh, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame by the, <laughs> by the time that uh, that contract's done. Um. Yeah. Okay. Tidy well, work on that. I think, I think we're happy he's gone. Yeah. No offense to Peter Mrazek. I think he's a nice, seems like a good pro, but yeah. his contract is what's attached to him. That's mm-hmm. what we're happy that's gone. Unfortunately. Yeah. And that's yeah. the most important thing going forward is what, what are we going to do with that space? So we, uh, it'll be fun no. to see. But before we like, but talk about that, do we want to touch on some of the other trades that happened throughout the league during well, the yeah, draft? As we, as we mentioned, the Chicago trades were just straight up weird. Yeah, Why they, are you trading the 24-year-old sniper and the 21-year-old six-foot-five center? In the, like those are the first two pieces to move in a rebuild. That that makes no sense. And I don't care if DeBrinket wants nine million. You could pay him that and yeah. still have a good team. Like, yeah. it was really weird. You mean to still have a bad team? No, like yeah. when you rebuild, you oh, could be making yeah. nine million at oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. twenty-eight in four years and be a really good asset for your team. Yeah. On top of that, like Kirby Doc in 2019 got drafted. They traded a first and a third for him. A like mid a mid-first and a third. In a, in a weaker draft than the draft that Kirby Doc got drafted. Like Frank too. Nazar, by all accounts from what I've heard, like number 13 overall, like is a good player, but like third to 13 for plus a, a third-round pick? Like did he 
diminish that much in value? I don't think so. Not at all. Uh, like, I also didn't get, like Jason said, their urgency to like pick in this year's mm-hmm. draft was weird to me. I, I think it was like, uh, I don't know. I actually don't know. It's like the, a posturing Especially of the GM. Especially considering you know? everyone's saying next year's draft it's is going to be way nasty. better. Yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah, like, don't, when you're rebuilding, don't you want the 21 year olds, yeah, the 24 year olds? Like, to me, that was just, it was, it was, it was strange. Yeah. Like, I, I don't listen know to the to... names drafted in this draft. Jack Hughes, Capococco, Kirby Doc, Bowen Byram, Alex Turcott hasn't played yet. Moritz Sider. Could you imagine Moritz Sider getting traded right now? It's crazy. No. What would you five That's first crazy. to get? Like, actually, you'd have to give like the biggest trade in NHL <laughs> no, history yeah. to get him. Like Jack Hughes Especially making eight right now. million now. Like you, that guy's not getting traded. Like, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Just weird. That's all I can say. Uh, and yeah. then Alex DeBrincat for the se- seventh overall pick, a second and a third, I believe. It's a fantastic like, trade for Ottawa. Especially if they're playing him with Stutzla. How many times year? have we said, I think it's the last two summers, like Ottawa thinks they're good, but they're like, they actually have to go get someone mm-hmm. and get that. They finally did it. And because they didn't, tr- they didn't pay a 27 year old, like way too much money mm-hmm. to do it either. They traded for a younger guy. He's going to play one year at $6 million. They didn't million. trade a second for Derek Stepan again. Yeah, exactly. And he's going to play one year. You can figure out if you want to pay him or not, and then you can just pay him. Yeah. Exactly. The, funny, the funniest part is that they got bailed out and got this trade done because for those that don't know, Matt Murray was actually originally supposed to be on the move to Arizona, right? I, I think there was retention going on for them to move back from 7th to 16th. Think, 16th? Yeah. And it was Buffalo. It was Buffalo. Sorry, was not Buffalo. Arizona. He has Buffalo on his 10-team no-trade yeah. list. And so he, he nixed no- it. And then they end up using their first to get to Brink out, which is hilarious. It but. makes you think what a Murray trade will look like when you use that as like the barometer. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. Do you guys want to get into the Murray? I think that's what people want to hear. I know so my buddy John wants to hear. He's, he's yeah. asking me right now. Let's hear it. That, that phone ring earlier in the episode was actually him saying, like, what is all this Matt Murray? This nonsense? is the only, and it's fair because the Leafs right now do not have an NHL goalie. They have two. AHL slash NHL goalies and Joseph Wall and Eric Schalgren, who Kyle Dubas claims will fight for the backup job. Okay, Kyle Dubas also claimed like a minute before that if Peter Mrazek will be a 9-10 goaltender this year and then traded him. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of like that, to be honest. But So, Matt Murray. I want to hear some unfiltered thoughts here. So, number one, when I'm looking at Matt Murray's contract... Quick, quickly, before we get yep. into this, we're recording this... At Sunday night, July 10th at 11.30. So if something happens, we don't know about it. But yeah. yeah. We're under the assumption that it is probable that Matt Murray is traded to the Leafs. Yeah. Unless something goes wrong. That seems like the avenue. Not 100%, but better than 50% that he's getting traded. So we're going to yeah. talk extent, like go in as depth if, on Matt Murray. Yeah, as and if he doesn't, I still think it's it's worth the yeah. discussion. Yeah. So with his, his contract right now, modified no trade clause, cap hit is $6.25 million. And he has two more years left this year and next. His base salary actually goes up this year. It is seven million this year, eight million next year. Why do you think they're trying to trade him so bad? <laughs> Holy smokes! So wait, how, he's going to be making fifteen million over the next two years. Why over think, the next why two do you think years, they're trying to trade him so bad. So when you buy out this contract, it is the the cap hit for this year would be one point seven five. Next year, seven fifty. Then two point five and two point five after that. Total is $7.5 million, right? And they might do that, apparently, because it saves them, I think, 5 or $6 million in real cash to buy them out. It does, I suppose, yeah. Okay. Um, 
So I, yeah, the I, buyout cost is two point five per, and it's ten so yeah. total. And as we just mentioned, fifteen so million. So five million. Yeah. <laughs> Even though Eugene's not there, it doesn't still matter. Pinch five, and five million might be their mm-hmm. like loss on home games. All who knows? Yeah. Like, Pretty right? much. Yeah. So, but going back to this contract, like if Ottawa were to retain fifty percent for the next two years at six point two, like I don't know. That seems. Pretty steep. Like none of the years that I mentioned. That's that's Peter Mrazek's contract. No, no, that's not what I was gonna say. What? What about a double retain? Yeah, no, double retain. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I think that. that might be the road we're going down. Mm-hmm. Where the asset used to move Matt Murray is actually traded to Buffalo, Chicago, or Arizona, or Chicago. So mm-hmm. the Leafs get re- nothing. Who? And they just get him for like one Free. one million essentially. Yeah. And they have to, but they have to pay. The $15 million, right? Correct. That's the issue. That's the that's like what other team would be willing. Not many teams in the NHL would be willing to do that. So wait, you're, but you're taking on Matt Matt Murray. Yeah. But Matt, Matt Murray. Matt Murray at. Who hasn't, who like this year posted above a 900 save percentage for the first time in two seasons. But it would be Matt Murray at Jack one. Campbell's contract from yes. last year. Yeah. For two years. Matt well. Murray, who couldn't stay healthy. So for that's the last there's two, two conversations. Like, there's what happens with his contract, and like I'll say it up front, he's been an absolutely atrocious goalie for the duration of this contract that he signed with Ottawa. Like the, he's had some good stretches, but it's Peter Mrazek is what he's been right, injured up and down, in and out of the lineup for whatever reason. Like I don't know, he what got waved he got waved like Peter Mrazek had to go to AHL Belleville and play. It, down it's there. a reclamation project. Because he was fairly successful in Pittsburgh. Like his save percentage in 199 games was a 914. That's pretty good. Two Stanley Cups. Goal saved above average, 12 over five years with Pittsburgh. He won two cups. His playoff numbers are, you know, they'll get you the job done. A 921 will win you a cup any day of the week with the Leafs. So Mm -hmm. that's the conversation. But if your goalies are Matt Murray and Eric Schalgren, that's a problem. Of all playoff teams, you have the worst goalies. I don't even have to look. You have the worst goalies. You you do like of most teams. I want to know what Joe thinks. I mean, this guy's the goalie guy. He knows more than me. Like, what do you think so, of Matt Murray's your starter next year? He came back. Oh God! Someone else talk. Uh, well, <laughs> Matt Murray made him throw up. That must not be a good <laughs> so sign. What I'm looking at here, like with Matt Murray last season, the the COVID bubble season, he was just not good. Like there was nothing I could say there that I can't dress it up any differently. He was not good. This season, he was massively outplayed by uh, Anton Forsberg. Like, Anton Forsberg played phenomenal for Ottawa. Matt Murray here, like, it's really interesting to look at because when you, like, his save percentage at the end of the year was 906, which is not horrific, right? His quality start percentage is 60%, which is pretty good. And quality start percentage is your save percentage in a game is greater than your season average save percentage. So 60% of games above 900 is not bad. He had three really bad starts, which is like over five goals. And that's his last start of the year against Arizona. He gave up eight. And then there's another, a couple, there's like a six in here as well. Yeah. And then he gave up six to Toronto actually on new year's day. But his season after that new year's day game against the Leafs, where he just got left out, out to dry like crazy his numbers were pretty good, and he actually looked like he was starting to rebound. So that's the glimmer of hope. However, how can I talk positively 
so glowingly about Matt Murray when I just finished trashing Peter Mrazek for not being able to be healthy. It matters. It does, and it looks like he's, like, I'm not going to lie. It looks like Matt Murray has smoked 500 cigarettes every single day for the last three years. Yeah. He is deteriorating. So would the devil's advocate play be if he's your starter, it doesn't matter because your goalies were so crap last year. If he's bad, then you go in at the deadline at the goalie. Is that the idea? Or is it he? you bring him in under $2 million with a double retainer of $3 million, and you try to sign a, a 1B with him? Whoever that may be, the problem is those guys don't like. Do you see a lot of one Bs in free agency? No. no my I, only other one B is Brayden Holtby, and guess what happened to him last year? Yeah. Injured. So, if they go down this road, I wonder if they look to make a trade for another goalie. If they go like, down this road, I wouldn't be surprised if they would be on King Street asking for people to dress in goalie equipment. You could probably find from. some ex NHL goalies on that street. Oh, you I will. Hundred percent. Or current, actually. Probably. <laughs> Especially at this time of year. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it, it's very concerning. I don't care what cap hit. It's going to be very concerning to go into the season with Matt Murray and one of Shalgren or Wool. Because bo- I, I can see a scenario where Wool takes off and he starts to play well. He has the tools to do so. He has some things to f- uh, find out. I wouldn't give it above a 50% chance. Like, I'm not going to gamble on Joseph Wolf or Vesna next year or Calder or whatever. And there's also, we've seen some good stretches from Matt Murray. He could also be a good goaltender. The combined odds of these things happening, though, is kind of low. Too many ifs, like you said last yes. podcast, right? Too many ifs. It has happened with mm-hmm. both. We, we yeah. have seen it. However, we've also seen a lot of crap. So... I mean, if you want to be positive about it and think this is awesome, like all the power to you, but it's hard to preach to a fan base that's starving for a championship mm-hmm. that Matt Murray and <laughs> Shalgren or Wool is like the goaltending tandem to get you there. I don't, I don't think that'll win you a, a lot of fans over, but I just had this like epiphany. What if it's Matt Murray and James Reimer? I mean... I don't know. What would, what would you get, James? Would Reimer you rather for? do? Would you in that case you, just save James the, Reimer? Would not be for very much. His cap yeah, hit is pretty nothing. low as well. What two point two five? They have two goalies. But what, what, are, what are the odds he has the Leafs on his no trade list? There's James a there's Reimer. a chance he has a modified no trade list. It's five a five team, team no trade. He probably does not. You don't think so? No. You think he enjoyed his time being with Leafs? Yes. Okay. No. You don't think so? I don't no. think so at all. He hates playing here. I mean, I think he hated it here. His career is because he was here. Yeah. But really, pretty much. But what about Larry Brassois from from Vegas? That's a, that's a guy who could be interesting. Brassois or Talbot, I think, make the most. But then, sense. then the again, the argument against that would be that. what we talked about last year, which mm-hmm. is: Do you just roll with Wool and Shalgren and use that money to help your forward group, or to get bring back Ilya Labushkin? Maybe, or but to bring back Pierre Engvall, like Cam Talbot situation. I'm glad you brought that up. Is getting interesting in Minnesota. So over the weekend, the Wild signed Marc Andre Fleury for two years, right? Two years, three point five million, which is a solid deal for Very the Minnesota solid. Wild. They currently have Cam Talbot on, on, under three point six million under contract for this year for three point six million. Beautifully, that's a pretty good tandem right there. Not However, that expensive either. No, like fairly good price, right? I understand Wild fans are going to say, "Oh, they were crap for us in the playoffs." Whatever. It's like okay, but. 
I don't know, new system for Marc Andre Fleury. Not a lot of time to adjust. Like, give him a full season, he'll be solid. Mm-hmm. I think. However, Cam Talbot, through his agent, did say he was very disappointed that they signed Marc Andre Fleury and they didn't consult him enough. And Bill Guerin's response was. Pretty well. I don't give a shit. He's under contract. Yeah. He will play for us. Also, no paraphrasing. I think he literally said that. He yeah. said, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't, or sorry, possibly I don't have to do shit. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what he said. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> not a little bit of uneasiness there in Minnesota. Like, it's a cap crunch team. Maybe do they want to move out one of their goalies? Yeah, I don't know. That's like Talbot Murray is not the most awe-inspiring goalie tandem, but if you have Talbot... It's a lot at, better than... Yeah, if you have Talbot at 3-6 and Murray at 1-8, like on a double retain, that's really cheap. But I don't know. It's really interesting because Matt Murray is the answer to the question of who are they bringing in to play in net. But it doesn't fully answer the question mm, of who's going to play in net. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like It's a really a like... Answer. Because if you bring in Matt Murray, you you have... Like, I don't, I, like we said, you have to bring in someone else. Like I don't see it's like a asking, way around it. It's like, it. oh, who's, who's bringing the beers to the barbecue? And it's like, oh, I'm bringing them. I'm bringing IPAs. It's like, well... I'm bringing four assorted IPAs. It's <laughs> like, okay, assorted. what about for the 15 other people here? But... At that point, if you're going to do Matt Murray and Cam Talbot, let's say they combine to make $6 million, or let's not even say Talbot. That's probably best-case scenario. Matt Murray and Laurent Brassois making $5 million. Is that markedly better than Jack Campbell making $5 million and Joseph Wall making eight hundred k? Probably not. Probably not, honestly. Because, um, But the difference is the, the contention I don't think is – Campbell at the number that he wants five, which is like, I think, uh, the number that's being reported that he's looking for around five to six, but like, it's the term, right? Are you, would you rather have that and have two years of term with those guys at like a lower number? And if they don't work out, they don't work out and you, you're off from them for like, like with Calbit for Cam Talbot, for example, he's a one, he's, he's a UFA after this year. So if you get Murray and Talbot as that tandem, like you said, best case scenario, we were just, we like we're like kicking the can down the road with uh, Campbell, but for next year, it's like it's like a similar situation, kind of, right? But then the other argument is like you have a mini two-year window, anyways. Like that's true. Yeah. Who this like your best player might be gone in three years. You don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if and if your best player looks, it goes. I'm I got two years left, and we're running Matt Murray and er- and Eric Schalgren in that. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know about that one. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of possibilities, but I think we have brought up that certain teams like the San Jose Sharks for sure, the Vegas Golden Knights for sure, for sure. have one goalie that is going to be moved. You can't go mm-hmm. into the season with all three of those guys. No. Right? It's just a word. It's one it's an actual NHL goaltender that we're talking about. As yeah. well as Ottawa too. Ottawa's moving on from Matt Murray as well. Like these are the possible goalies. New Jersey. New Jersey. They just traded for Vanacek. They have Blackwood and they have Bernier for one more year. Oh yes, that's another I forgot one. about that one. That's an it's, interesting. It's, it's sorry. It's I was just gonna say it's funny one. because it started off this year or this offseason as like okay, there's only so many goalie like there's only so many goalies available. Who's gonna take their crack at the goalies? And now all of a sudden it seems like there's been so much shuffling that there's like goalies that you didn't think were available are now starting to be yeah because available. like I said well, like, there was yeah. a, perceived to be a lot of goalie spots open yeah. But Colorado goes, we don't want Kemper, which means, okay, they're not signing a UFA goalie. Mm-hmm. They're off. They trade for, 
for Gorgiev, whatever, however you yeah. say his name. You thought New Jersey maybe wanted a goalie? They just traded for one. Now they have yeah. an extra one. Yep. Detroit, you didn't even realize they needed a goalie. They traded for Billy Huso. Yeah. Now they might. Who knows what's going on there? Like the real only teams that are left because people said, "Oh, Chicago needs a goalie too." Well, Chicago traded for Mrazek. Like they needed a goalie in the net. But really, if you look at contending teams who actually need to pay and improve their goaltending situation, it's Edmonton and Toronto. Yeah. Who else is it? Um, Washington might need a 1B now behind Samsonov, but they had one in Vanacek and they traded him. So, they're cl- again, they're clearly not going for a Kemper or a Campbell. No, I think they want to upgrade. You think they want – you think they're going to go – Against Florida, they lost because of goaltending. But then what – it would be Kemper. Maybe, I think, okay, they, so I think maybe, they're going to throw some wa- money so, at Kemper. Okay, so maybe Washington. I saw a rumor. I don't. It wasn't a very credible one, but it was saying like, "Oh, Kemper to Washington is done," and I'm like, "Okay, that's that's a stupid rumor." But, yeah. but it it is possible. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, of course. Yeah. Okay. You, you guys watched Washington versus Florida. Who was the better team? Like minus goaltending. Washington. It was Washington, Washington really in my opinion. Games, yeah. Washington gave up yeah. way too many just shots. Yeah. Okay, that were goals. Fair. Samsonov is still on the younger end for goaltending age. Like, I don't think they're giving him the reins to run with it. So, okay. So let's say Edmonton, Toronto, and Washington. That's it. Who, mm-hmm. else, yeah. who, who am I missing else? I don't think that's, that's it. Be. I'm looking through the list. I can't think. Like, unless, well, maybe the Blues need a backup now. The, a backup. Yeah. Um, Kings, Sharks, Bruins, Canucks, Wild all have goals. So, goals, but goals, the point goals, is, goals. like, if the Leafs really wanted to get Campbell or Kemper, they probably could. Yeah. You're not signing to a good contract, though. That's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah, no matter what. I can't, I can't envision a contract where... And we've heard more rumors today. Campbell met with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it was a very unproductive meeting. Yeah, it sounds... Yeah, I, I don't well, know if that's like a last-ditch effort from the Leafs to say, hey, like, to speak through to the budge? media. Yeah. I mean, or, I didn't hate the Husso contract for Detroit. No, it was four seven it? five is rich, but, but it's three years. But yeah, so, the, the like, difference the difference also is like Huso's like okay with that because he's still young and, and he's he also twenty seven. Yeah. yeah, he's like looking to get paid. Like, Whereas, that one doesn't kill you. Yeah, it's a lot. It was it was a higher. It was more years than I thought it would be, and it was a higher age. More years for Huso? Yeah, I thought he would go one or two, and then go back to market and still be a youngish kind of goaltender. Three is. I was like, oh, okay. Now you're gonna be. 30 like it's it, again they're all gonna be a lot Which, but yeah four seven five three years that's it's not great but it's not terrible like it's better than it's all right if if rumored that kemper campbell get like six million for five years that's like too much good yeah. luck like it's a it's a tough hmm. one to swallow for sure but because uh, those aren't movable this is movable yeah for sure especially 20 27 28 year old goaltender again I mean, it's still but it's it's crazy just because that's a relatively unproven goaltender that has played what 59 NHL games and he just got four seven five for three years. Campbell's got more years under his belt. Yeah. He's got more playoff starts under his belt. More better playoff starts because Huso was horrible in the playoffs. Yeah. Right? So what's that? And now like I think Campbell's gonna end up like slightly more term and then as Jason mentioned in the fives. Yeah. And you got a team right now with much deeper pockets than they had five Before days ago. Yeah. Oilers. So I wonder if they knew about Keith before the casting trade. They did. They did. I mean, how do you I, I, I don't know. 
It was sure. rumored that Keith was retiring okay. like, right when the, before the season ended. I think Cassian was like, a, he's so bad, he's like, gotta, we need to get like, him out of here. We can't spend that money on him. That guy takes no. a ridiculous amount of penalties every game. I don't know how he does it, but just, it's just fundamentally a bad player. In the <laughs> no offense. I feel like it's true. Like, yeah. he is making three and a half million. And also, Ken Holland signed that contract. So, yeah. It's the exact same thing as it's literally the exact same Mirazic situation, Mirazic except Mirazic. he did it two years ago instead of last mm-hmm. year. But regardless, any other goalie talk you guys want to get into? Like, what do you think? Like, if Campbell, I can't speak. If Campbell or Kemper <laughs> sign with the Leafs, what do you think the number is? What are we looking? at? I know we kind of touched. Seems on it, like, like around five million. I would honestly like. What would you want if you were the GM? If if they sign on a five million and you just spend seven fifty on a backup, like it would suck to sign a goalie for five million. But then you're also only spending five and a yeah. half on goalies, which I think gives you room to improve the rest of your roster. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like you said, it's not going to be a good contract. Right? No. It'll be but like, that's, you'll look at it and be like, oh, he, it ends when he's 36, 37. That's why they should off. They should have pushed hard to sign him like mid this year. Yeah. 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 They because did. I, th- I think they did. But Campbell's camp was like stuck on. The hey, five. we were starters. Like he was a starter in the NHL. But there was a time there where he was like, what do you Terrible. make? Four million. Yeah. You know, it was I think they offered him. I, I think I said it. Like I think they offered him like three ish years, five at no, one point. That's four not what Elliot Freeman. Point. They said he said they offered oh, him two way seven less five, than that. like an embarrassing mm-hmm. amount. Oh, okay, yeah. that's they probably tried to lowball him, and then he got hot. I think Campbell's camp just each time kept coming back with higher numbers than they were comfortable yeah. with. So, and and the same thing we we talked. I think we t- we touched on it with the Mrazic deal. Is like, okay, you sign Mrazic to this. That's kind of what. Probably what Campbell's going to expect as a baseline for his next deal. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Slightly different situation. The, but the, yeah. the crazy part is, it sounds like we're talking a lot about goalies, but again, like it starts there. That is, mm-hmm. you have to figure that out before we can touch up the forwards and add a D. And it, there's nowhere else exactly. to go because you need you a literally go- do not have. Yeah, yeah, we don't have one thing. signed. It's Eric Shalgren and Wool signed, but it's like. Come on, that that can't be. It would be nice if one of those guys pulled up to a one B level. You don't need them to be a starter, not for this year, but like just to be a cap efficiency. Yeah, Yeah, a guy where you could say, okay, he's one of the guys in the tent. Like, like he, they only have to be at like a Capo Kakinen level. You you know what I mean? Like, they don't have to be crazy good. Mm -hmm. Be a Vanacek, be a Dreger. Like, Dreger ended up being really good, but I don't know. Shulgin, I think he's scarred. I think he scarred from the no, Florida game. He looked like he saw some ghosts, but he whatever. played after that and he played well. <laughs> um, does have also, sh- I am looking up uh, the top save percentages of goaltenders in the AHL. Guess who is number one? Not uh, throw out wall. Number one um, with six games played is Matt Murray. Ooh. Oh, whoa! So he uh, he has the potential to be good at the next level. Maybe he could be a one B. <laughs> If he put up 9.47 at age 28, imagine what he could do at age 38, <laughs> I tell you. Uh, actually, this isn't even accurate, I don't think, but whatever. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I really don't so, care. It was just a stupid joke. La- last thing, goalies, I think. Uh, give me percentage. Give me your percentages of Campbell slash Kemper. Okay. What if you? And then give me a percentage of Matt Murray slash oh, the guys we have now or Matt Murray and... 
trade for a guy or sign it's, a backup. I'd say 70% it's Matt Murray, 30% it's Kemper or Campbell. Okay. And I don't really think there's any other options other than those okay. two. I right. almost want to say it's like 90. Lower. Oh, okay. Lower in terms of Camber, Campbell or Kemper, yeah. like probably 65% Matt mm-hmm. Murray and then small percent chance someone else. Like a wild card in there. Yeah. 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 All right. Corey Schneider had a 921 in the AHL this year. What the hell? But is it the right Corey Schneider? Yeah. Interesting. That's funny. That's funny. That is funny. Um, I'm just trying to look at like who's like chomping at the bit to come up and then like push out like Spencer Martin. I know that Connor Ingram probably in Nashville there. But it's not. I mean, uh, what's his name? Thompson in LA and uh, Vegas. But we already mentioned he's already, him. He's he's going to be their backup for sure. I think just because yeah. it makes sense money wise for them. Too much here, but uh, yeah. Tomorrow, so tomorrow uh, is the deadline for qualifying offers. Oh, uh, I so, forgot about yeah. So this that's a big day. So this is a lot. A lot of pieces are going to start to fall tomorrow, and you're probably going to see either a, a couple trades or a, a, some guys maybe you weren't expecting to hit the market that did expect it, that that are going to end up on the market. Two big guys today that got announced that they will not be extended qualifying offers: Dominic Kubalik from Chicago and Dylan Strom from Chicago. Strom has kind of been rumored to not be qualified for it feels like months now mm-hmm. uh kubalik i didn't think it really i didn't see anything about that but it kind of makes sense I think be- his contract's pretty high yeah, and he con- didn't produce this year contracts high and he has an from what chris johnson said he has a sh- decent arb case where he could be underneath this the threshold where the team can walk away and not agree to it so the threshold well, yeah, is the, 4.5 million the threshold is 4.5 but then why would they not he qualify was- him if he could walk away no no if they could walk away no, I'm saying like he he would be under the just under the threshold is what he's probably going to get. So he's probably going to get oh, four, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So it's like ah, like you think he'd get four? In well, an arb? in arbitration, I, I don't know. Yeah, he's three point seven mil right now. He had an off year this year, but the year before he had a pretty solid. He had seventeen goals in fifty six games with thirty eight points. Had, and the year the before, thirty, 30 and twenty four is big. The thirty and sixty eight, yeah. But it, it, yeah, if he was that player, I don't know. That's weird. That's a weird. That's a weird one. Yeah. Because if you look at his total body work, not a four million dollar no. player, but no, no, everyone's no. afraid of the arb case. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's just it's just an unknown, right? It's a Why risk cap world? You don't yeah. want to risk it, right? Yeah. That's a good point. Sorry, I wasn't yeah. I wasn't tuned into what you were saying, but yeah, that makes sense then. Yeah. So uh, I don't know about any other RFAs that might not get qualified, but Leafs in particular. Let's focus on them because we have two big. Well, we have three. I was I was forgot about the defenseman, but we have two forwards that like probably will not get. Well, no, Pierre Engvall, Pierre Engvall will be, is getting qualified. He's getting qualified, qualified for sure. Yeah. They're going to extend him. Okay, so Pierre Engvall's getting qualified. Doesn't look like Andre Koch, from what I'm 50, seeing, is getting 50, qualified. Yeah, so, I, I don't think they will just because, again, they're afraid of the arbitrator. Yeah. That uh, the ar- arbitrator's going to give him like three mil. And this is a guy that, I mean, how can the arbitrator give him three mil when it's no secret that nobody on planet Earth thinks he's going to play more than 50 games a year? Yeah, can they year? prorate it per game at least? Yeah. Like, like, just it, it that that part to me is a little bit weird, but yeah, with with Andre Kasha, like you can't have him for more than how much really, like one five. Yeah, because you can find an Andre Kasha for maybe less or like a better version for a bit more. Yeah, one that's gonna play at least seventy games. 
Yeah, because right now his role on the team is because they didn't really play him in the top six that much, right? Other than when Mitch they Marner got hurt. No, they gave him some good opportunities. And, he played, Heritage Classic, he was on up there. He got to play with Austin Matthews a little bit. He got to play with Nylander and Tavares a little bit. Oh, I don't remember that. It's a long season. But when it mattered, he was not touching No, that. he was fourth line. So in terms of fourth line, I guess, offensive contributors, maybe they think they can get a better version of that. So. Yeah. I think he's a solid player that can't stay healthy, and I think mm-hmm. part of his play style contributes to why he can't stay healthy. Absolutely. So you, you can't really change that. Yeah. And then it's going to be back and forth. Yeah. But I, I personally wouldn't have qualified either of them. You guys know my stance on that. But yeah, that's fair. I mean, what's the max you you would give to Pierre Engvall? 1.5. All right. 1.5? Yeah. Okay. I was at 1.75. So. No, I, I would. You'd be okay. You'd be, it's fair. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think that's fair. Um, Push you to that. I don't know, but I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to look at some RFAs right now who are arbitration eligible. It's kind of tough to see anyone and pl- pluck them and say, "Hey, maybe this guy's not going to get, uh, get an, get a get a qualifying cool. offer." Yeah. But what do you think about Kubalik or Strom? What do you think they'd get in the open market? Considering that they're twenty four, twenty five, does it hurt their chances to sign that their team with almost no cap space and is looking to tank is not willing to extend a qualifying offer to them? What's yes, I think that puts us like a stench on the player. Mm-hmm. Right. But also, some of them may think like Chicago's just doesn't know what they're doing. As Maybe, well. yeah. Well, with the... they also just traded a twenty one year old in a rebuild. Yeah. So, so, I mean, like with each of those players, like. Kubalik is kind of a good shooter with like poor defensively. He's had some chemistry in the, or I'm not saying that. Never mind. He has played with David Kampf in the past. I don't know what the results were. Probably not great mm-hmm. considering it was Chicago. But I mean, that's a guy that it's like, oh, I'll, I'll take a flyer on him. I'll take a risk on him for one less than one kind of thing. I'm not, I'm not paying two five two for for Dominic Kubalik. Yeah. yeah. That's like a yeah. What were you gonna say? He's an interesting one though, yeah, so because if he like, what's his actual shooting talent? He shot nineteen percent that first year to score thirty goals. That's clearly not his shooting talent. No, no. The next two years he shot around nine percent. That's also probably a, maybe that's real or a little low. But like, these numbers look like a twenty twenty five goal scorer on an average year. So, if you can bring that in, like you said, cheap on a one year prove it deal, where you say, hey. Come here mm-hmm. one year and then see if you if you blow up, we'll trade you or we'll sign you mm-hmm. or whatever. Figure it out. Yeah. So I, I think he's interesting. I, I think he's more interesting. He would bring something that the Leafs bottom six doesn't have. He also yeah. he's got a little size. Like he's bigger yeah. than you, you realize. Yeah. Six two. Six two throws the body a bit. Not like a, a tank or by any means, but so, maybe something you can mold. Who knows? So I'm just to bring out some stats. Uh, Jay Fresh has a, a like they have a his model. We all, we know a lot about his model. He's a his finishing rating is rather high in this model. It's eighty fourth percentile. It's pretty decent for a bottom six guy. Looking at Money Puck, which has a uh, well, it's eighty fourth bo- because again, like Josh mentioned, that one year he was nineteen yeah. percent. I'd like to see a standard deviation on that. Yeah, uh, right. I, I don't know what that would be, but even Money Puck has him as an above average shooter with, with their okay, sh- yeah. shooting model. So maybe he's average to above average NHL shooter. The problem is is if you dig a little deeper and look at his micro stats which all three all three zones Corey Snaz I can't pronounce his last name top what's what's his shutdown line shutdown line his his 
his stat his micro stats are brutal. Yeah, they're they're really bad. But that that could just be the team he played for. Like, who knows? Like right? Joe said, he's kind of not a defensive player. He's mm-hmm. a big guy. Can use. He's his a body. rush guy. For like I don't know if he's stats. the guy who's going to be like a bunting, and you mm-hmm. know what I mean. He's not that. His he's not going to go in and win pucks for you. Yeah. So you got a big body who could maybe put some goals in the back of the net. Not great defensively. Like I'm know, looking at some fit. league ranks right now for his like macro stats for on ice impacts kind of thing and they all look pretty bad yeah so is he just a shot then in that case you could maybe find a better version and again he's yeah. probably going to want three four million yeah. it's i think it's a similar conversation to dylan strom right Ooh, very similar dylan strom i think he's got some no doubt dylan strom has offensive talent i think he has really good hands and a mm-hmm. good shot his feet aren't there his 200 foot game is not there yeah his physical game might as well not even exist no, not at all. So, again, but the thing I thought about today about Dylan Strom is, I think you mentioned this, Joe, he could you, he would be in your Spetzel role, right? Bottom six, offensive talent, shot, power play two. But, again, like he's going to want like two, three mm-hmm. million. Yeah. I think the guy. Leafs are looking for a guy who can bring a different element, maybe defensive with some jam and a shot instead of just – Offensive, no defense can maybe score a couple goals. Yeah, he had uh, ten hits this year at five on five. Some of it, it is interesting though, and a lot of people are clamor in Leafs on Leafs Twitter are clamoring over Dylan Strome. Well, we need to bring in Dylan Strome, and like I think he's going to get probably around two and a half ish, maybe a hair under what he's making right now. But like when you look at it, seventeen five on five goals this year, fifteen five on five assists, thirty two five on five points. Like that's all upper echelon in the league. Those are good results. Individual mm-hmm. points percentage is is decent, 69.57, right? His Again, as you mentioned, he doesn't hit, doesn't really draw a lot of penalties, doesn't get a lot of takeaways, and is very slow. So, like, where does he fit? Like, I don't even think his shot's that heavy. It's not as heavy as Spezza's. So, this is the thing. I look at, again, I'm going to use... The all three zones micro stats, right? And it looks, there's a lot of blue on here, right? I'll show you yeah. what means. It's good. But I look at the things that are in red. Entries, 25th percentile. Exits, 30th percentile. Carry exits, 8th percentile. Retreat, defensive retrievals, 34th percentile. Offensive zone recoveries, 23rd percentile. Carry-ins that ended up with chances, 18th percentile. So that whole package of player is, he doesn't transition the puck that well. He doesn't win pucks for himself that well. So if he's playing in your top six, he probably has to play center as in a supporting role. He looks seems like a passing supporting center and has to play with good players. Mm-hmm. So, so but, is he really a top six center then? No. It no. seems like he can't play on the wing from what Chicago fans say. So then where does he fit in your lineup? On top of that, like... It, it, the the hole that the Leafs have is second line left wing. Yeah, mm-hmm. he'd be playing with John Tavares. How does he fit with John Tavares and William Nylander? He does not. Not even the slightest. Not even the slightest. Like, what are you going to put him third line center and then camp at fourth? And it's like it would not fit on the Leafs. I think it would just be Nick Ritchie two point Yeah, I think his fit would have to be with two transition. Scoring wingers, but again, Ooh, you know where he could fit what? the Rangers. 
<laughs> maybe. Fill in his yeah. brother's void? <laughs> Honestly, maybe. That's actually not wrong. I think he could. But That'd be kind of funny. I think his best fit, and this is no disrespect to Dylan Strom, is a second-line center on a terrible hockey team. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. He'll yeah. put up his points. He'll, you know, it'll look good. I don't know. Unless they really commit to the whole David Camp fourth line, grind it out, and they want to really pump up a third offensive line, I just don't see that much of a fit. No. No, if, if, we're, if we're looking for a center on our second line, I think we should want to shoot higher. Oh, yeah. And especially, yeah. you got to be careful. Like with these kind of supporting cast guys, you do have to be careful with the cap. You have to be efficient. Like you have to, you can't bring in a two and a half million dollar. You can't bring in another guy. That's two and a half million dollars. That just sucks. Yeah, you can't, you can't, then you're never going to have another draft pick until the end of time, essentially. So I'm out on, I don't know about you guys. I'm out on Strom. I'm out on Kubelik. I think you're looking, if we're adding a forward, you're looking for somebody where you know he's going to be good. He doesn't have to be great. He doesn't have to be a home run swing. You hit a single or a double guaranteed, yeah. like you said. So you don't got to freaking trade him halfway through Essentially, the year. What you need to do, like, for, like, you need to look at the player, and you need to know what you are getting. Are you getting a fast skater? Are you getting a good shot? Are you getting a guy that puts in a lot of pucks around the net? Like, w- He needs to have a defined kind of characteristic to him. Yes, and as we've seen for the Leafs, that's how they've been successful signing guys where he does this and we're going to fit him in here and we have a defined role, not, okay, Nick Ritchie's probably a pretty good player. We'll start him with Matthews and Marner and see how it works. Then it's like, oh, he's too slow. He doesn't think the game well enough. He's big but doesn't get that many pucks. He's not efficient in retrieving pucks and he's lost. And then he's on a fourth line, and he doesn't play, and you don't even notice him. And now it's like, okay, well, where are we going to fit him in? Third line, he's not good enough defensively. He's lost, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of been Kerfoot's career as the Leafs. He's done a great job of fighting through that, though, and Mm -hmm. cultivating a good role for himself. But what's Alex Kerfoot's role this year on the Leafs? Anyone have any idea? He was a good puck distributor. No, no, I'm saying, like, in the lineup, roster construction. I know what Kerfoot does well. Oh, yeah. But where where does he fit on the Leafs in his career? Uh. Oh, in his career. He's never fit. Oh. He's never found that fit. Yeah. We've, we've been pushing been, for that second line. There's been some hot stretches. For, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And then he ends up back off the line on, on the fourth line. Yeah, I know. So, and then he ends up on the first Four. line randomly. What yeah. it is, John, you, you made a fantastic point. It's roster construction. The Leafs have a good team. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. The biggest Montreal Canadiens, Ottawa Senators fan that's also a Leafs massive hater would admit the Leafs have good players and they have a good team. What they need to figure out is how they're going to construct the roster around them. That doesn't mean they need to get a fighter. That doesn't mean they need to get the biggest guy possible. They need to fit the types of players around their current core that are going to best position them to go forward in the future. To fill in the gaps. Like, look what Colorado did. Was Josh Manson the best defenseman available? Nope. Was Arturi Lekkinen the best forward available? No. And on top of that, Arturi Lekkinen's like, contract situation was also favorable to them, right? They wanted to add some forechecking. They wanted to, like, Arturi Lekkinen's a decent skater. Am I? Can't, yeah. his finishing Four is not check. great unless he's playing in, like, game six or seven of the NHL Stanley Cup finals. But he, like, with those, without those additions, I mean, I'm not going to say Colorado doesn't get it done because they had a very, very good team, but it would be a little bit more difficult for them, right? 
Okay, so I have a question for you guys. What are the archetypes that you would be looking for if you were the least GM in, to fill out? Because I think it's, I think we have two, like we're, we're talking forwards right mm-hmm. now because defense, whatever. You already touched on goalies. It's going to be tough to fit in a D on this team right now with how it's set up. But like what we need probably a second line winger or second line center if you want to push John Tavares to the wing. Either or is fine. Um, and you probably need a couple depth pieces. So we'll probably one, one more center because. I don't see who the fourth line center is going to be if David Comps our third line center, um, and like two or three wingers, I think is what we would need. Um, assuming we don't call up any guys, what archetypes would you be looking for? Uh, first of all, I just wanted to jump on one yeah, of Piz's sorry. point because this is an archetype I think any Leafs fan would want. Yeah. In terms of fitting in and supporting the team, I think Nick Paul this year was the best example of that. Oh yeah. Because a lot of people looked that. at that trade and said Matthew Joseph is a better player than Nick Paul, which may be true because I think Matthew Joseph. He's playing player. on the right line. If he's playing wing with Stutzel and Dabrinkia, oh. like he's going to get 70 points. Yeah. So he's going to be good. Yeah. But Nick Paul fit exactly what Tampa needed to a point where they lost Braden Point. Anthony Sorelli had two torn shoulders, and Nick Paul's playing top matchups most of the playoffs. While and injured. And he's doing well. That uh, Personally, I think David Camp is a fourth-line center. I think he'd probably be one of the best fourth-line centers in the league. But I want him in a defensive-focused fourth line. On that line, I'm fine with Pierre Engvall being there if he's on the team. And I would add a Michael Raffle or a Zach Aston Reese, a player that's proven to suppress shots defensively similar to David Camp. And that's just a pain, pain, pain to play against. Like Like a more physical Colin Blackwell. But that guy's role is not to score. It's just strictly... Proven defensive metrics to suppress shots. That's how I would make the fourth line. And then you guys can choose the skill or physicality that you want to supplement the top nine with. That, I think that's the base. Like, you build from the ground up. If you have that angles of transitioning the puck when they need it, David Camp's your best, like, checking center that you have. And you fill in the last winger with just a pain to play against, who also is good metrics-wise. You start with that, and then you can honestly fill in. It doesn't even matter that much to me. You can make it work. So you're saying just just plug, create like a, a, a fourth line that can just stop the bleeding, essentially. Yep. And then from there, you have Bunting, Matthews, Marner. You have Tavares and Nylander, and you have Nick Robertson, and you fill in the rest around there. I don't even think you need Kerfoot. I think you could trade Kerfoot. I've said this before. If you want Kerfoot in there, that's fine. I would try to make it like Tampa or Colorado where you have three really good two-way lines. And one of them can just be simply offensive. Mm-hmm. But look at a Vinny Trocek at center. Maybe look at a Paul Stastny. I think they need more depth down the middle. I really do. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? How are they going to fit Kyle Clifford and Wayne Simmons in that lineup? Sorry. Yeah. Well, the, okay, um, that's kind of the point for the yeah. Zach Aston Reese and Michael Raffle type is – whether we like it or not, every team wants one of those physical guys. Mm-hmm. There's not many of them that can actually play at the NHL. Exactly. That's so the bottom like, line. If Keith wants one, like give him Raffle, who was like in Matthew Kachuk's kitchen okay, right. all playoffs. He fought him. Mm-hmm. He had like 250 hits this year. He's a 99th percentile evolving, evolving wild defensive uh, war Selkie player. Nom- Selkie voted. voted. He had a couple of votes. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for no offense, but... With some of the guys, I want to hear you guys talk way too much. So, in terms of the guys you mentioned, I have been looking at Zach Aston Reese, especially. I really, I again, this guy's not going to score many goals at all, 
but I think he was in the 90, I have to look it up right now on the fly, but I think he was in the 97th percentile in terms of hits for this year. Um, and on top of that, his he's defensive, very good defensively, like very well known to be a very good defensive player. Yeah, hit rank, he had 221 hits this year, 98.30 in the entire league. Surprisingly, didn't draw many penalties, though. Um, and obviously, offensive numbers are terrible. But you bring him in, and again, like we said, there's a role for him. There's something that this guy does that he brings that the Leafs need more of. He needs to add some physicality and some defensive responsibleness. I think the same thing with Michael Roffel. I think they're pretty well one in the same kind of thing, right? So my big thing is with Zach Aston Reese, though, 1.75, 1.725 this year was his cap hit. That's that's quite high. It is. I've got it up right here. Um, that is quite high. He was traded from a playoff team to a non-playoff team, though, at the deadline. I can see that number coming down. So in the ones, yeah, around one for, for Zach Aston Reese, I think would be really nice on your fourth line. Um, probably around the same thing. I would pay uh, Colin Blackwell. I like him as well. Just a feisty little squirrel out there, you know. But so I just quickly on the Aston Reese, I'm pretty sure the contract he signed was arbitration. You got that in arbitration, I think. So what are, the, what are these arbitrators? I don't know. But anyways, just I just wanted to fill in that information. All right. But that's an that's a that's pretty cool that you bring that one up. Yeah. But it's because he got 15 points in 45 games. I guess they thought that oh. was like decent. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. I think he had 13 off this year. Yeah. But anywho. Yeah. Zach asked me, Michael Rafa. I like those ideas. My mm-hmm. big one, and this is the guy that Josh mentioned earlier, and I was like, no, like I don't I don't want this guy. And I've dug into it and I watched him in the playoffs. I think the Leafs need some more Italian blood, and you go out and you get Frankie Vetrano. Eighty sixth point five percent fifteen five on five goals this year. 13 5-on-5 assists, 28 5-on-5 points. I believe he had 13 points in 22 games in the playoffs. I think a lot of people watched him rifle more than a few pucks right by Andre Vasilevsky, just whizzed them by. He's a speedy player. He is a really good slap shot. He's His cap hit right now is 2.53. I mean, he signed that when he had his career high in points, and ever since then did pretty much the same thing ever since. So, I mean, Max, I think you account for a f- inflation with his cap hit. Like, I think he's probably going to sign around there. Maybe a team overvalues what he did in the playoffs, gives him three and a half or whatever. But if you can bring in Frankie Vitrano for 2.5 and be like your Kasha plus, mm-hmm. that would be, I think that would be a great addition. I think he would also work very well with David Kampf. Um, I'd have to look into some additional things with him in terms of would he fit with John Tavares, William Nylander. Uh, but yeah, Frankie Vitrano. That's, I think that's a great dart to throw because it's someone who has great defensive metrics. Just looking at his evolving wild card, strong, like 61st percentile. It's not the best, but strong metrics. And he has, like you said, he has a great shot. Mm-hmm. And like that's my biggest need for the Leafs of, of the players I want to get. Like that's the baseline for me is strong defensively metrics wise at the very least and has a good shot because I think that that's like 
you need, we our depth needed to score more. The guys that weren't named John Tavares, William Nylander, Austin Matthews, and Morgan Riley, and 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 Mitch Marner, they those other guys need to score more. Simple, simply enough. Like we got two goals in the playoffs from all those other guys. It was David Camp scoring two goals, and that's it. I know McKay scored his empty netters. I'm not counting those. Mm-hmm. Those don't count. It's on empty net. They did nothing for us. Like we need guys who can have have better finishing. So. Vitrano is right up that alley where he's responsible enough defensively and can finish. And Vitrano, just quick, simple math on an on an eighty-two game pace throughout his whole career. This is four hundred games, mm-hmm. playing thirteen minutes a night. He's a twenty-one goal player on an eighty-two game pace throughout mm-hmm. his career, playing thirteen minutes a night. Yeah. So I mean, that's pretty freaking good. Like for a guy that you're not going to pay that much for, he can do it in your bottom six. Like. I, I think that's it's a solid. good. It's a I good like story. what you said. I think if you if you if they keep going with that fourth line that like plays seven minutes, you could put him with David Camp. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. He could be like a better version of Kasha on that line. So yeah, exactly. uh, that's a that is a really good point. I'm glad you brought him up. I never thought of him before. That's a really good player to bring up. Yeah. Okay. Never thought of him. Yeah. Then, then you got your Giordano's. What other Italians do they have on the Leafs? Not many. Oh, he's not the greatest at takeaways. Okay, so that's where someone I I, I would want to pair with Tavares and Nylander. I don't have a name yet. Would be someone that like you need a good puck retriever kind of guy. Someone that's going to be able to get the puck for himself. Has some speed to him as well. Can we clone gonna, Michael Bunting? Yeah, <laughs> pretty well. I think that's what you need. Yeah. Um, I do wonder this year if they try to work. Nylander, Marner more together. I like the way that they work. But, again, you have four lines, and you do need to fill them out with good players. So, I yeah. don't think that'll... Do you guys like my camp as the fourth line, like, get yeah, dusted with these for, on start center? Yeah, we've yeah. been saying it for a while, right? Like, I think... Yeah, I yeah, yeah. But it depends yeah. who your third line center is. It depends. It's it, also... If, if he plays on the third line, what is the fourth line? You're right. Like, what? Kerfoot, Nyes, Robertson. Jeez, yeah. Kerfoot that's, that's, on the third line? That's a I'd love that. Third slash fourth. Like yeah. The offensive yeah, yeah. The the thing is is like there's the connotation with the fourth line, I think, of Pat Maroon. But that's not like that's not what the fourth line would be. Right? Like that No. But then like you have to supplement if Camp's playing more, I think you still need to supplement him with better players. So, like like Mikheyev yeah. was good, Angval was good. That's yeah. fine. That line played a lot. But then again, like they didn't really those guys weren't Nothing that involved mm-hmm. in the offense, right? Yeah. And then on top of that, your second line also was struggling until yeah. the last two games. That also just made me think about, like, was it, I don't want to say a waste, but was it a waste putting Ilya Mikheyev in that role because, like, we, we wanted them playing stronger defensively and did it, like, limit his upside offensively? Also, you don't and agree with this, but, like, if you look great. at Bellamar's stats, he's way closer to David Camp than, like, yeah. you. Yeah. I don't yeah. doubt it. I, I told and I, he's their fourth line center. Yeah. That was the dart I wanted the least to throw last year, to be fair. That's where you were able to put like just a couple of rats on the mm-hmm. to put whatever on the fourth exactly. line to in- intimidate or beat up or assault the other team. And then, but you got Pierre Edward Belmar out there uh, to be responsible, G- glue it all together, call it. There's a lot of forward names here. Like any other guys you're interested in? Oh, there's a lot. Uh, I've got a lot on here. Let's hear it. Go ahead. Start start listing them off. We'll some give, numbers. We'll give ideas. Too. We'll give opinions. Oh, um, so this is one that's under the radar. Not a guy I want on the Leafs, but just a very, very surprising 
like kind of player card that I pulled from uh, for one player that is a free agent this year. I mentioned him earlier in the episode. Derek Stepan. Do you know what he did this year? Yeah, he had a good year, I saw. He had a crazy nine, like nine points, nine goals at five on five, 10 assists at five on five, and 19 points. I believe in like 56 games, playing like 10 minutes a game on the fourth line. Like when you look at his offensive defensive impacts, both were in the 80th percentile. And this is a guy that was like pretty well a cast. After Ottawa, it was like, okay, this guy stinks. He's done kind of thing. And he had himself a pretty solid year, right? I don't know where he would fit on the Leafs. I don't think he's really worth it, but that's just an interesting under the radar kind of guy. So what 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 did he do well this year? What what would what would be his role with the Leafs? Like give us some. Well, I said I don't want him on the Leafs. No, okay, so not here. Okay, that's his I role. think he'd be the new like Spezza. If yeah. he, like the, yeah. if it was they were rumored at Sam Gagne, like he'd be yeah. that type of player. Okay, yeah. Uh, one thing with Spezza, though, like people aren't talking. I mentioned it to you at the draft, like when we were talking, watching the draft. It's not talked about how much like Spezza leaving actually impacts the team. I realize he was old, but fourth line center that won faceoffs was also a right handed center. He was your second power play. He was a big shot that you had out there on every single six on five. Yeah. And he That's put the puck in the net on, on a. A few six-on-fives this year, right? We saw Minnesota came up clutch. Washington, he came up clutch. Like, who else on the Leafs has that, like, secondary shot like Spezza does? I, I don't know. No Nobody. And, yeah. and and the thing is, too. That brings back to the point of Frankie Vetrano. Yeah. Because the Leafs also underrated. Like, Spezza got points, man. Like, he, he scored. Right, and a hundred in in his last two seasons, he played 125 games with the Leafs, scored 55 points. That's a that's a playing 10 minutes a game. Playing 10 minutes a game. Uh, sorry, let me just do some. Even math. the like the leadership as well. Like everyone, like a few guys on the Leafs talked about his his game five speech mm-hmm. after the first period. Seriously. really fired them up. Yeah, like, and th- this is he's he was playing on our fourth line, like you said, and he's averaging 36 points over an 82 game season. Like prorated, that's. That's that's a lot of points that we're gonna need to look into replacing. So, yeah, Vetrano's a guy. Any other Vetrano esque names out there you 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 want to throw at us or? Cause here's the, a here's a depth option. I want to hear what you guys think. Andreas Athanasiu. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. That's offense only. Yeah, I know. That's but the here's thing. the the difference between him and um, Dylan Strom or Kubalik, for example. I know he can make things happen in transition, Athanasio, mm-hmm. with his speed. Like he's fast, he's very fast. Woodbridge boy too. Uh, that one interests me. That one and Max Domi are the two I I look yeah. at, thinking like, if you're able to get a Trocheck or a Statsny, you can put together a little little fun little third line there. Mm-hmm. Throw Nick Robertson on the left wing, and that that's a that's a third line that can score goals. Not great defensively, but you give him good minutes. Like yeah. Man, I didn't notice. This guy went dash 45 in 46 games in 2019. Yeah, you don't, you don't remember that? I forgot how bad that was. Yeah. I, knew, I, knew, I know he's not very good defensively at all. But, again, he, he brings something. He, he's a pretty good goal scorer, and he's very, very fast. Mm-hmm. He just can't play defense. Yeah. that's but, a, that's a, that, that seems to be a trend with some of these free agents is they really struggle with the 
they like offense more than defense with uh, some of the bigger name free agents. Mm-hmm. Not bigger, but point getters, I guess is a better way to put it. But Exactly. Yeah, because Max Domi, too, is not the most astute defensively. But, again, a lot of a lot of this could be – I guess he was playing in Carolina last year, so he wasn't playing there. And Columbus. And Columbus. So I was going to say maybe just a bad team effect, right? Like when – like Possibly. we saw with David Kemp, he didn't put up the most – Actually, th- yeah, most astute defensive vet- metrics playing with Chicago, but coming to the Leafs, better system, better organization, better team around him. It's easier with a defined role to play better, like as a player, right? When you know what you're going to do. So mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of that uh, clarity for the player when coming over to the Leafs can help solve those maybe deficiencies. But wow, Vinny Trocheck, 176 hits this year. I saw that. You Got saw some that jam. One. Yeah, oh, yeah. Not bad. But. In terms of, like, your perfect second-line winger, like, no more under-the-radar guys. Nichushkin. Nichushkin. Soars up any defensive woes that line had. Can help in transition. He's going to get overpaid, but... Yeah. Andre Palat. Palat's a good one I like. That's another guy. Those deals, I feel like, are done with their respective teams. That's the issue. What about Mason Marchment? Oh, I love that. That's another... I mean, really good addition, but again, I, I can't see that happening. I I think I, I Evander Kane. Oof, you know how I feel about mm-hmm. that. You know I, I, that's a big yes for me. But again, yes? what's the number? Yeah, I like Evander Kane. I think he's number's going to be eight mil, and also oh eight mil. Who's giving him eight? Seven. I think he's going seven. back to Edmonton at like a six. Probably. Yeah, I still think he's a piece of shit. So no doubt. But gotta win hockey games. <laughs> no, not actually. <laughs> but someone's going to sign him. Yeah. Right. Yeah, a hundred percent. Maybe Washington. I don't know. There's a lot of guys here that would fit well. It's just how much. What are you willing to give them? I don't know. So, again, a lot of names out there. Phil Castle is out there. <laughs> I again, if you do like the offensive third line, I think he'd be good on it. Mm-hmm. It'd be great. I don't think he wants to come back here. I wouldn't if I was him. I hope if he comes back, like Steve Simmons has like a hot dog to give him. <laughs> no, I just can't. That'd be a good one. Um, another under the radar good season from this past year. Pittsburgh Penguins forward. Can you guess who? Yeah, Evan Rodriguez. Brian Boyle. Oh. Brian He's- Boyle had himself a good year this year. He played a lot in the playoffs, like not a lot, but more than I thought he would play. Ten five-on-five goals, nine assists, 19 points. Individual points percentage, which is how many points you contribute when your team scores on the ice. Like how many, what percentage of the goals scored did you get a point on? He's at in the 96th percentile. Like put some pucks on net through the body this year. I thought he was like their Joe Thornton where he, he like, was, he, but he actually, but contributed. he played, no, but he played like he played. Yeah. I don't know how many playoff games. I felt like he played every single one. Maybe he didn't, but I think he did like he was, he was steady in their lineup and he actually did contribute fairly solidly. And like his defensive numbers, I believe are very good as well. So yeah, outside of a goaltender, I think to, to summarize the Leafs need second line left wing and then they Some, definitely need a center, whether it's a third or fourth. Mm-hmm. Like, who's going to play center? Even that's second, true. even second. I would want a second, yeah. But that's that's like, that's rich, right? So, do that's, you call it se- second line center or second? I don't know. 
I you, think need you need a two, top six forward. You need yes. two top nine forwards, at least okay, two yeah. top nine forwards. And one of them preferably top six, uh, is considered a top six. And then defense, you're done. I don't think they're going to add anything. Like, how, like people they, say they're in on Labushkin, so they have eight defensemen now? Yeah. yeah. The only way they're in it is if they trade Hall or... Well, that's the thing. God I mean, what's else. a team that needs a right-handed defenseman? Ottawa. Who are we rumored to be trading with? Ottawa. I, I think if <laughs> they move funny. one guy, they'll bring a 750K defenseman in. Yeah, they yeah. should. That's, like, just to fill a roster spot. Yeah. It could also be one of the guys on the Marlies. Would too. you guys want, like, like Connor Brown? Yeah, probably, but also, like, not at the cap hit, and then you'll have to pay, like, a first to get him, so no. But, like, let, let's say it was, like, somehow worked in with the Murray deal, and, like, you gave Hall. I you just know. got him for free? Like, and you gave Hall some something like that. You didn't have to give much because you took on Murray. I just know he's going to come here and, like, not be able to score again. I just know. <laughs> That's, it's just a guarantee. I know. That's also, like, what, is, what does Connor Brown do really well? That's another. Kills penalties. Gets pucks. Defensively, yeah. kills penalties, works hard. Like he's not. He works a, he's, hard. he's really not that good of an offensive player. I know he scored a bunch yeah. of goals two mm-hmm. years ago. He scored a bunch against the Leafs, which is annoying. Yeah, <laughs> but, I but think, he also played like twenty two minutes. Yeah, he was exactly. like, their, their, like I think I think he'd be a solid bottom sixer. But like, is he? Oh, is, is he? The, he's Mikheyev. He's your new Mikheyev. Really, that's his is role. He like, and he might not even be that good. Is he the same as what you would describe like Dylan Strom earlier? Just like a really good top six on a shit team. Yeah, but I also think the difference <laughs> is Dylan Strom can't play bottom six on a good team, but mm. I think Connor Brown can probably yeah. play the yeah. bottom six on a good team. Okay, yeah, that would make sense. What about so Evan Rodriguez? That's a center, right? Like he has looking at his numbers, he put he up, should make put a up good really amount str- of money. Put up really strong defensive impacts. He might be like you a, don't like him. No, I just that's that jump is massive that he yeah. took, and his season. He produced, but it wasn't, like... Consistent production throughout the year. It was most front-ended production. And I think he had a lot of, like, power play, little little, Mm -hmm. little helpers there, here and there. 29.5 on five points. Yeah, here's the thing. But he had 240 shots and only shot 8%. Can you guys guess, Evolving Wild, what his percentile was on defense? Like 90? 98. Yeah, he was, like, 98. Yeah, he's really good. Individual expected goals, which is like the value behind the shots that you put. He was in the 94th percentile. Generating quality. I just think that's a a might Overpay that one. High danger chances. He was 89th percentile. He had a good year. No doubt about it. Yeah. Are those, those are five on five points, 29, five on five points. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 28, 43 total. So he's a good player. I agree. It was a big jump though. In terms of five, like, and, and it's not like a Nichuskin and... jump where like Nichuskin had good numbers for like three years on Colorado. Yeah, just played bottom six, really buried defensive minutes, and then he just produced more with a bigger role. Rodriguez never was never like a didn't really produce any solid impact. Didn't metric, get qualified by the league. Barely played, and then suddenly he's playing power play and he's scoring more. So I don't know. That's yeah. a trap. That's true. That's true. Good numbers, though. I'll be curious to see what he kind of brings in, right? Like, what the term especially. Yeah. There's like, a lot of good middle six. Co- we didn't even get into Cop, Strom, Perron, oh. Giroux, Kadri. Like, oh, my oh, God, yeah. Burakovsky. I think we might be priced out on some of those guys, though. Probably. Just with the, That's why. 
It's unfortunate. Well, if they get Matt Murray at 1.5, they have room to spare <laughs> yeah. like you read so about. Would you guys rather them do that and, and just throw a bunch of forward darts and hope? If the other option is Matt Murray and James Reimer or Matt Murray and forward darts, I'd throw the forward yeah. darts because I think you can try to Colorado it where it's like mm-hmm. you got this many good forwards and you go and then ham and egg it at the trade deadline. See what you can get. There's always a goalie available there. Every year there is. Yeah. And apparently, according to Kyle Dubas, now that they moved that cap space, there's a lot more goalies available than there was before. It's all going to crystallize. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Though. Do you? Um, sorry, go ahead. I had nothing. No. Do you foresee a trade of a roster player out? Yes. Which one? I think there's the the D. I think there's still yeah. something going on with the D. Possibly one forward. Yeah. Like I know we like Kerfoot, but you take that three five out. There's room to like. What if Mason Marchman makes four million? Like you could, how's yeah. that for a switch up? You know, yeah, that's a that's a good switch up. It's a lot. I mean, that's another guy. Where like, you kind of it's kind of funny that you went off oh, Evan Rodriguez. That's a big jump, and then you're like oh, Mason Marchment though. Again, I think <laughs> I think I could put Mason Marchment in our bottom six, and he'd be very effective. Yeah. I think if you put Evan Rodriguez in our bottom six. Mason Marchment is a stitch to play against, too. That's the thing. Like, he could come good. here and score and have Engvall's stats. He could. That could happen. But the way he would play would bring a lot more value. A lot more life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Are there any Nick Ritchie 2.0s that you'd be afraid of signing? Yeah, Dylan Strom. Dylan Strom. They're just saying Mason Marchment. No, 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 no. Because uh, he actually plays like. He plays. Like, like, what do you mean comp- by he has that? Compete level. What do you mean by that? Like big guy? I don't know. I or like just just, guy. just guy who like you signed, hoping that like okay, he should be okay, right? Like he should score at least ten goals. He's a, usually yeah. a good finisher. If shit doesn't hit hit the fan, excuse my language, we should be good with him. I think that was kind of the thought process. Of Nick, Nick Ritchie. I don't think any of us expected him to be that bad, and he was. No. Like I was, I was like happy. Like I wasn't happy, but I was like, you know what? Like they, I don't really see that many. Ryan Strom. Ryan Strom. If they brought yes. like they brought in Ryan Strom for like five million, mm-hmm. oh, I think that I would be bad. Anyone. So one thing that surprised. I think it was Frank Saravelli said about uh, Ryan Strom and Andrew Cop. So something to keep an eye on. A lot of agents were concerned about, as we mentioned before, how much money is left to spend for for these teams to spend on free agents. Are the free agents going to be chinsed out because there's no cap space? Like, are they going to get less dollars? However. Ryan Strowman, Andrew Kopp, both met with the, the Rangers and both of them turned down the offer that they got kind of thing and decided to go to open market. And, like, the Rangers do have some dollars to spend. So it makes you kind of curious, like, do these agents know something that's out there that they might we might not know, right? They usually do. So we'll see on what dollar goes out there. What dollars are thrown around on free agency day? But bottom line is if the Leafs don't bring in like a two top, as you mentioned, two top nine players, you need to see Nick Robertson there from day one. Oh. There's some young you players need to see there him from anyways, day one. Like, and what are we doing with them. Nick Robertson if he's back? Like, come on. I don't know. We're, t- we're getting into Sandine territory here. 
I don't want Jason to get upset again. No, it's it, one, it, it, well, he was drafted the year after. One more name I want to throw right. out there because he just got bought out is Colin White because I think that could be a a one year reclamation for him and then he go. I don't know. Would he be an unrestricted free agent after one year or would he still be? No, I think it would have there. to be a two year. Some of that, yeah. But he didn't produce that well this year. Obviously, some injury, bad luck, but. I think as a cheap bottom six option, I think yeah. you could do a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah, especially he's a, he's a center, right? Yeah. yeah. Remembering you can also just sign him under, I think it's 1.35, and if he's absolutely terrible, you bury him zero cost on the on the, on the the cap. So yeah, and I think Ottawa, like I don't think Ottawa, I, I've heard some fans think he's terrible. I don't think their management group thinks he's terrible. They saved, I think, $10 million real dollars by buying him out. Yeah. And they also saved like $10 million cap dollars. I think it a was, lot of, Fans hated him because of his cap number. And it was like, honestly, a no-brainer buyout for Ottawa because they saved so much money. It was a weird situation that it worked out that way because they just get to take a shot at another Colin White and sign mm-hmm. him instead, right? Yeah, exactly. So. Like, it was unfortunate. He was he was a first-round pick. He looked promising one year. He had, like, 47 points. And then just injuries afterwards. I mean, I, I asked a Sens fan. I said, like, would you like Colin White on your team? Like, what, what what's the deal with him? And he said, like, for one, one and a half, a hundred percent, no, no problem. But at four and a half, like, get this guy the hell out of here. He stinks. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Uh, but any other names to uh, round out the bend here? I think we touched on all of them. It's just what are they going to get? I think we think the McKayev level, or better or worse, give or take couple skill sets here yeah. and there They're those that's the four and a half to five and a half group right mikhaev trocek riley smith palat maybe gets a little more he's in there though maybe marchman peron maybe a little more burakovsky's in there nachuskin's yeah. in there like all these guys are in a similar range kind of like last year with wenberg and sod and i keep blanking on who else there was like a there were so many guys last year thomas tatar thomas tatar four two five for two i think uh, who else was there and then Wenbrook sod. I don't know. Oh, I actually have a list. Feel, it feels like this group free agency group's pretty thick with those those like middle six wingers. Yeah, yeah. it is. I think yeah. it's deeper than last year. Oh, yeah. last year. Okay, last year is Hyman, Dano, Blake yeah. Coleman, Coleman, Jake Schwartz, right. Brandon Sod, Miko Granlund. Oh, Jake there's McKay. so much. A lot. Never mind. Defense went for a lot. And then Mike Hoffman went for a lot. But it makes sense that, like, that's the type of player that hits free agency the most often is, like, those middle yeah. six guys where it's, it's like... the guys you get priced out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. it's, like, you, they're, they're perfect around the edges while they still can play for you. And then once you get priced out of them, it's like, ah. Yeah, exactly. But. Exactly. Um, yeah. Any any other points you got here? No, we'll be back after free agent day yeah. so, at some point. To recap what's going on, maybe a day after, let the thing breathe mm-hmm. a bit. Something, something of the sort there. Yeah, it'll, again, it's, we got an exciting week coming up. Um, keep your keep your ears open. Yeah, so the big dates to look forward to, this podcast is going to release on the 11th. This day, Today is the day, like we said before, deadline for qualifying offers. And then on the 12th, I believe RFAs can start talking to other teams if that's that's going to be whatever there's going to be an offer sheet and we'll see it then and the 12th is also the last day for ufa to sign an eight-year deal so if a player because when's the 13th is what the 13th is 
the free, big day. The big day. The free agency. Yeah. So. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Keep those dates in mind, and we're probably going to see a lot of pieces fall over the next two days for sure before trade deadline. Then once it oh, hits, yeah. there's going to be frenzy. So. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Go, let's go. The Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by BetStamp, the ultimate sports betting companion app. Track, follow, and analyze your bets across multiple sports books. And while you're there, check out the world's first verified buy and sell marketplace for sports betting picks. Download the app today. The Rink Rat Report podcast is also brought to you by Season 2 of The Lock Garage. Host Marco Shara, a Toronto criminal defense lawyer, interviews various criminal lawyers about the practice of criminal defense, gets them to share their war stories, and helpful tips for up-and-coming lawyers interested in the area of law. Out now on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Step into the garage, listen to the experts, and get a tune-up.